0: We're only winning 30% of our proposals. So there's a signal that, that things are getting to the proposal stage that either we shouldn't be proposing on or we should have done something earlier that would have increased the likelihood for us to win. Mike, we will protect this house.
1: We will. Man, More of Under Armour is as popular on the West Coast as it is on the East Coast. I know with the, with the kids, it's uh, young kids are really into Under Armour, and then somehow Nike just transforms them once they start getting a little bit older,
0: man. Well, let, let, let's be careful here, because you're saying West Coast, East Coast, you know, Under Armour is a Baltimore company. Yeah, and that's what you're I'm Virginia, saying.
1: Right, right, right. I right. know you're in
0: Virginia, right. Yeah. right? But it's still like you're in the echo chamber of of like you're, you're in in under armor central so i think i think it's less east coast than it is even mid-atlantic yep. i think if you go i think if you go back a few years ago i think under armor um was big you know had gotten big everywhere but I, I i think uh i think they've lost well, because a lot. they
1: were they, they have lost a lot because they were going they, they were they were starting to really spread their wings in a lot of different areas, whether it be golf or tennis. And then they started saying, "Okay, we can't invest in all of the things like Nike can," um, which is a shame because I, I I do like Under Armour as a not only as a company but I I, I like their. Um, Why
0: do you like Under Armour as a company, Mike? I like the
1: the story of Kevin Plank. Um, do you like the story of
0: Kevin Plank more than you like the story of Phil Knight?
1: Well, he's also, I mean, it's, it's local. It happened more in, in kind of my time.
0: And he went up against a behemoth of Nike. So, Sisyphus is the guy who pushes the rock up the mountain forever. Who's the one um, who flew Icarus? Icarus flew too close to the sun. I think actually Under Armour is a great story for business owners. Um number one, you've got the mythology of Kevin plank and you know part of my problem why I, why I'm not as infatuated on and I used to be a huge fan of under armor but I, I I've, I've learned a little bit about the 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 reality of you know it has a little bit less of, of, of the myth. It's like learning who Bruce Wayne really is, right? 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 Instead of you know, Batman. Well, you find that Batman out. You games. find that out
1: about almost every
0: um, a, a lot yeah, of successful
1: uh, CEOs sure. or anybody. Well,
0: uh, okay, but but here, but here's here's where the here's where I think the lesson really is. Um, two things, and and like the first one, I'm I'm overstating it. The first one is you know don't confuse a product with a company.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And 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 what they did really well was they turned a product into a company right. They, they, and they really, they didn't really invent anything. They just took, they took high tech gear that skiers and hikers have been using and and really brought it into the mainstream. You know, the, 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 great story is Kevin talking about how much his t-shirt weighed, you know, at halftime and, and, you know, cause it was all cotton. So so they brought a, they brought a product in and then, and then they did a great job. They did a great guerrilla marketing. Um, of how they got people to wear their stuff, they focused on a few key universities. Protect this house, which is still amazing. That like that is a you know that, you know, and and they and they they were built behind protect this house, right? Yep. And they had and they had, they were a big niche, but they were a niche, right? Then they went public. Then they started telling a story. Then you know it got really it got really hip and cool. Right and, and you, you know why Nike ends up winning, because Nike's not fashion. Nike does an amazing job of of skiing on fashion, if you will. I just made that analogy up. Right, it's, surfing it's fashion.
1: An analogy, they
0: yeah. surf fashion, right? So they kind of touch on it, but they're never about fashion. And all you got to do is ask Tommy Hilfiger about what fashion is. Right, if you're fashion, you're you become really cool because the because this. Subgroup is is what it's all about, right? And so that's what happened. Under Armour became this subgroup that Under Armour spoke to the tribe. So then it got really super cool. So then people started wearing Under Armour. People people are you know, that didn't even know why they were wearing it, but it was, you know, it it was the identification, which then led the people that were wearing it because of the identification to begin to go, well, shit, this is like Nike. And then what did Nike do? What did Nike do? Nike introduced their version of the product
1: their performance they, apparel Yeah, they're
0: you know which is close enough right um I think what Nike did you know Nike was amazing because I mean Nike everyone thinks of Nike as a manufacturer they're not they're a marketing company. Um, oh I what, think,
1: absolutely absolutely 100% well, yeah. well
0: by the way to, to the point that literally for years they didn't actually manufacture anything all their yep. manufacturing was done by by third parties and they put the Nike swoosh. And they, they were a brand that that stands for something, right? Um, I remember when they when they signed Colin Kaepernick after everything, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's the end. This is," and and you know, I, you know, it, it was a brilliant financial decision on Nike's part. But then then Under Armour said, "We're going to be Nike. We're going to not only are we going to be Nike, we're going to beat Nike." And 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 they they went from yeah, college, I think it's,
1: it's it's something that we talk about quite often it's they, they stopped playing their game and started playing see, science. I don't they, think started they to ever, try to play the Nike game
0: see that's where I don't think they ever had a game right and 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 that's where some of the truth like that's where some of the things I you know get, you know Phil Knight is amazing because he took it from nowhere and, and and brought it to where it is um, Kevin Plank you know, you know, he's he he probably should not have been the CEO, and he you know he he probably should have stepped out no, the CEO. Uh, uh, right, right, absolutely. But it was ego driven. It was ego driven. Yep. So I started doing golf. Here's my question: <clears throat> How does how does the Under Armour brand? What what's the what's the proposition for golf? It's not protect this right. house. That's that's not the right, golfer's right, mentality, right? right. right? High tech wear, like you know, you're. Right. You know, what is golf? It's good. Right. So, so they started, they, they started playing, I mean, you're right. They started playing the Nike playbook. Right. right? It, I mean, and, it was more
1: right. or less performance apparel that is comfort, like comfort for yeah. performance apparel.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, it, it, again, they really like, there really is no unique differentiation. Um, Nike, you know, how does Nike attract stars? Well, they, they, they bring them on. And then if you're, um, if you're really good, you get your own brand. Right? So, so you become a sub-brand of Nike. Um, Nike mastered distribution, right? N- Nike played to a consistent, consistent brand. And the thing that I th- that one of the places where I'm most impressed by Nike <clears throat> is when Under Armour was at their peak and everyone was talking about how they are a major threat to Nike and they're going to take down Nike and this and this Nike just continued to do what Nike does. Right. And, and, and that was impressive because like it, it, it takes guts when that upstart is coming in and you're going, Oh, hold on a second. Shit. They're, they're now walking on our turf. They they just, right.
1: And and, continue to play their own game. Yeah. and,
0: And, and by the way, like, look at, so i wear nike shirts and like to me if i wear a nike shirt and under armor shirt doesn't like i don't i don't think about that difference i don't wear nike shoes i don't really like nike shoes they're actually too narrow um but like the story that nike tells and retells and retells and retells the way that they highlight their athletes the way that, that they highlight their their user their customer as the hero um, you know who's playing their their game pretty well right now? I think is playing is, is following a lot of the Nike playbook is Peloton. Interesting, yeah. Right? If you think about the commercials, if you think about the stories that they're telling, if you think about how the positioning, right? You can't be FloJo, but you can be what FloJo is. You can wear right, and, and you know it wasn't the you know um, you, you know, can't
1: be FloJo,
0: right? but you know it, no, no, it, it no, wasn't
1: yeah, it, it'd be interesting to know of the audience who knows who flojo is look it up right right look
0: right. it up right um one, one, one of the greatest female track runners in history yes right and and you know her the, the commercials weren't you know weren't her endorsing nike like it wasn't michael jackson no, 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 right 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 right
1: right it, right right it
0: was it was her pursuit it was how she sweated it was all right and it was the story of um you know um y- y- you think back to you know spike lee and michael jordan right got to be the shoes yep. it's got to be the shoes but you know the, the nature of that of how they told your story and told your story and told your story and told your story um i i i think that's the genius of of um of nike and then how they began to expand to extend to the different sports and you know still kept that same nike mentality of just do it um and we think about a tagline that has stood the test of time yeah, cat, yeah absolutely right and but but they also found the unique element in each story, right so so the golf just do it was different than the football just do it then the track just do it then the you know and, and then even now to the to, to the social element so anyways I I just happened to have noticed that your shirt you were in protective house. We, we I had no idea way, we were going to break right, down, like um, right, uh, you Under,
1: Under Armour versus uh, versus Nike. But you're right; it is a good, um, a good, a good story in business. And Under Armour has done a lot in the local. One of the other reasons why I respect them is they've done a lot in the local area, or.
0: Um, uh, uh,
1: for youth sports you, and, and, you know, and and under underprivileged children and, and, and those types of things.
0: You want to know another great lesson from um, um, Under Armour. Entrepreneurial confidence is a wonderful thing, but don't use it as collateral.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. The thing, you know, and, it, and it's funny, we're, we're going to get to the main topic. Actually, we're going to uh, introduce a little bit somewhat of a new feature. Um, but... You know, I get I oftentimes get fed up when I hear, and I'm a fan of Southwest, but I oftentimes get fed up when people talk about, um, you know, the Southwest customer service, this, that, and, and how Southwest has been the most profitable airline and, and, and their years of profitability. But you know what no one ever says about Southwest when they're talking about how profitable Southwest was through these years when every other airline was losing money? Do, do you know how Southwest was profitable? Did
1: it have to do with their... Um... Fuel contracts or something? I don't. I, I don't know.
0: They they had a ten year contract hedging fuel.
1: Yeah. Okay. There we go. Right.
0: So so basically, what yep. they did was they bought fuel. They bought oil futures when when oil was like ten dollars a barrel for like a decade or longer. I forget, I forget the exact details because again, I wasn't planning on talking about. This they were today. they
1: were overpaying but, at that particular time.
0: Well, there, there was a little bit, right 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 right. And right. And you know what the CFO who was responsible for, responsible for that decision said. He said we knew that if oil was at this price we can we could run the airline efficiently and be profitable and we knew that if it was above that price you know at a certain point it would become a problem right and and so if the net effect was we were going to overpay for oil but we'd lock in a place that we knew we could be profitable the cost of that was well worth you know if we were wrong on that contract and and so the reason i bring that up is what doesn't get told a lot about the Under Armour story." Was they got really leveraged they borrowed a lot of money and that became a weight that, that really you know multiplied like so like a number of those other error errors they could have gotten through that and 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 i think sustained growth um you know i used to do a thing on understand your core business and i think what happened with under armor was they forgot what their core business was Got all excited because, you know, I have time to say just because the fish are jumping in your boat doesn't mean you're an angler. Um, and the fish were jumping in their boat and they're like, look how brilliant we are. Right. And, you know, hey, this is going to go and, yeah. and, and, and we're going to leverage this and this is going to be wonderful. And then, you know, well, I mean, that
1: that's an interesting point, too, because. You think about some of these companies that have gotten to where they are and. Arrogance does get in the way. Um, Like we saw as most people won't remember this. Like AOL was crushing everybody from an innovation perspective. They were just killing it. Then they were like, oh, these, who are these idiots? Google and Yahoo and whatever. And then AOL just over the years just got crushed because they, because Steve Case got too arrogant and, See, um, I disagree with
0: you. I disagree okay. with you on that. Okay. I think that's Steve fine. Case. I think Steve Case made the most brilliant decision. Yeah, but, but he,
1: Right, because he knew his business was gonna be in trouble. So he bought.
0: No. He okay. didn't buy. He sold. I mean he sold, he sold, he sold. He sold AOL at the peak. Right. He right. see so that's why I don't think I don't think it was ego. He knew that there was nothing really there. He knew that it wasn't sustainable, and so he found a company that had hard assets. That you know, Gerald Levin was the moron. Gerald Levin was the egomaniac. Gerald Levin was the one who thought, "Oh, look at us! I'm I'm CEO of Time Warner. I'm going to take this." And Steve Case—that's that, the but, most funny decision what, ever made. No, I, I
1: get it, but the reason why AOL even—what I'm saying is the reason why AOL even got into that position was they had all of these employees that got so arrogant no that they, 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 they yes absolutely because i look i we not live not the have... area with them we live uh, in this area with them and a lot of my a ton of my friends work there some of them were executives and they say yeah we got too a... arrogant and google just destroyed us and yahoo destroyed us um, hold on hold on and and and, and we i'm could not have saying innovated in those markets like no, look you could, no aol could not have
0: innovated in those markets they could not have innovated in those markets they would have to have been a different company now were there arrogant people at aol i, I managed money for 40 people at aol i know how you know and i, I totally agree with you the mid-level and, and 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 you know some some of the young kids but i'll tell you who wasn't who wasn't an ego egomani- uh, e- egomaniac crazy um oh my god i'm going i can't believe i'm going blank on his name because he owns the capitals jesus uh, oh
1: god head oh. <laughs> Yeah, how, how to, how I want to do say
0: Ted Lasso. I cannot believe t- I'm t- going to Leontes, on the Ted Leontis,
1: Ted, Le- Ted, Leontes. Leontes,
0: Ted, Ted Leontes yeah. was not. As a matter of yeah. fact, look, look at what Ted Leontis has done since he left. Yeah. Steve right. Case, look at what Steve Case has done. They were in the right place at the right time. They rode a tornado. The market was overinflated. They, they were, you know, they, they were built to be a closed platform, right? And, and that's why I'm saying they couldn't have been Google. Because they they would have had to be willing to absolutely kill what their core business was. But, uh, did, by that, the way, okay, fair, fair. Did you know that AOL still generates like four or five hundred million dollars a year?
1: Yeah, no, I know. They just sold Verizon. Just sold <laughs> that asset, in both Yahoo. and, But you know how much they sold for for four $5 billion dollars, both the, in, it, it, uh, AOL and Yahoo it, it, together. It,
0: it, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so, anyways, already they still they still have di- They still yeah, they still have a lot of dial-up. My mom, man. my mom's email in is the still middle AOL of the
1: in in the in in the middle of the United States, dial up is still a thing.
0: But but by the way, actually it's not dial up that's even their core business necessarily, because like as I said, my mom, who's got high speed, right? Modern everything, her email address is still at AOL.com. Oh my god no, my mom's is too. All righty. Let's get to our main feature. I don't even think I've told you this. You know, you know what we're talking about today. But I don't even think I mentioned this. the The explosion of state of fill in the blank reports has, has is just um, it, it, it puts Moore's law to shame. I think I think the number of state of reports doubles every 18 days, not not every 18 months, right? And so you got all these state of reports that are out there. Um, and for, for those of you that have been listening to us for a while, we, we, we did a version of this earlier where we, where we reviewed uh, Gartner's um, predictions and a report on, on the future of sales. Uh, Scott Brinker had a thing on, you know, basically the future of MarTech. Um, and, and so not, not every time, you know, we're gonna, have, we're gonna continue to have guests, and and not every time we don't have a guess are we gonna do this, but we're gonna make a common um, repeating thing is we're gonna start, you know, pulling up the state of reports. So good news, everybody, there's some promotion for you. If you're looking to get more um, more awareness around state of reports, let us know what your state of report is. We'll be glad to take a look at it. We'll be glad to consider it um, for discussion. Um, that's the good news. The the could be good or bad news is keep in mind, we're going to look at the state of report and we're going to um, give some, some, I think, real commentary. We're, um, and, and, I, and I think there's two things that we want to do here. We want to, um, help you know what's in the report, um, know what the report means. Um, so interpret it. And then also, I think we want to make sure regardless of that, that we also bring some level of, of application, uh, you know, based on this, what, you know, what are we going to do different? Or what are we going to maybe even do the same? Like maybe you read something in the report and it's like, hey, that really confirms this. And so I'm going to double down on, so what, what what's the actionable objective? Sound good?
1: Sounds good to me. I mean, I was just, no, I was looking at, I Googled state of report, 4.58 billion there you go. <laughs> responses. There you go. Uh, 4.58 billion results like unbelievable. So, so we, we, we've got a state of AI report, state of Slack, state of work state report.
0: Alright. State so today we're going to do right. the State of Proposals 2021 report, 2021 report. Um this is a report put together by Proposify, Proposify, which is a SaaS application um for proposals and uh, the title of the report is state of proposals 2021 analysis and insight to dominate your deals from proposal to close all right so that that's the first time i actually read the subhead dominate your deals from proposal to close what's the distance yeah. between proposal and close isn't that a pretty isn't that a pretty close aren't they don't they overlap
1: yeah yeah they're overlapping or adjacent i mean again like the thing that the thing that kind of like all right so let me let me ask you this depending on the industry i know there's all kinds of different thoughts like in your viewpoint what is a proposal like i i I, I read through this and i'm i'm just like what what industry are they studying
0: here so it, th- th- this is where I, I, I do want to give credit to this report. One thing I like about this report that, that drives me crazy about other reports um, is, that, is that this report is based on, on real data in that they basically went into, at least as I understand it, they, they basically went into their system. So, um, and, I, and I, I didn't see anything that They uh, went
1: into their system and analyzed, Probably right. you know the word is, counts and images well, and so two point six. Do they have this. Do they have
0: this? The team analyzed more than two point six million sales docs in the Proposify database, including five hundred ten thousand one hundred forty eight documents sent in twenty twenty alone. So so what's nice is it, it's based on real data. It's not a survey. Um, and and when they're talking about to close, um, they're typically integrated in a database and 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 so I mean, in a CRM. And so that document gets marked as whether it's one or not. So, you know, this, this is not what does somebody say, this, this is some real data. Now, the, the, the danger is you've got a selection bias, right? So, so you're, yeah. um, you're, you're dealing with people that, that have decided to use um, a modern SaaS-based application to manage their proposals, um, as opposed to, and, and, and that's still a minority of, of sales organizations that, that are doing that um so i and, and, and in fairness um was we also surveyed more than a thousand sales professionals to discover how they discover the way they sell changed in a year that changed everything um so you know in fairness i would say you know to some degree a proposal is whatever you want it to be it is the document that you send that um that memorializes the catalogs that 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 lays out what's being offered what the what the price of the offer is and the commitment to buy or not buy so i think that would be the definition of a proposal a a document that meets those criteria then you know some people do broad expansive and, and their proposals are, are presentations and reports in and of themselves, which is probably closer to what we do. Like our proposal is almost always a part of an assessment or a review or a series of recommendations. So we make recommendations and then have the proposal of, of what we're suggesting that we do. Um, sometimes it's just a very simple document, almost like a quote. Um, yeah. Other times, you know, it, it you know, sometimes proposals include full terms and conditions so they're the contract. I personally think a proposal and a contract are two different documents. Um, So a proposal would be like in in my sense, my proposal includes oftentimes a report. um, But the last element is what makes it the proposal so if someone doesn't have the report, but they have that element that would be a proposal and you know I don't have my contract in there my terms and conditions are outside. minus would still qualify as a proposal even though it doesn't have that so you know you can add on whatever you want to add on but i think i know how i would define it and i think it meets to, to this study it would be that document that lays out here's what we're going to do here's what it's going to cost um, do you accept okay
1: so more so or well, less a statement a, a statement of work a statement of work pricing page and um that signature, signature you know and, and you I know i would that, that... not put i would not put like I, again it all depends this is why these kinds of studies kill me like it all depends on the the, the industry the, the the complexity of the sale do people actually other than the federal government do like and, and fortune 500 or fortune 1000 companies that that act as dinosaurs do people actually read these hugely long proposals anymore um i get if you're like an architect or something like that again to me that's why all of this kind of just cobbled together i mean somebody i'm not i'm not joking with you somebody said to me, a a vp of marketing and and when when you sent this to me like three weeks ago she says, can you send me a proposal and i said well okay what, what what do you want in the proposal and she goes you know a proposal like like what 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 your technology does and 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 all of that and I said well I don't like you mean like a quote and and she said no a, pr- a proposal and, and and I mean I know what a, a proposal in the grand scheme of, of things are but I had no I was like well how about this wwwdust 7 centscom yeah so <laughs> it's, let it's me- our proposal let and, me, let me, and, and do you really want me to send you a quote? But, or you can go to our pricing page and look on our pricing page and build your own quote from that. Um, again, so, we're SaaS versus,
0: but even when
1: I hold, was selling. Okay, hold on.
0: Hold on, because I'm going to challenge you there. And because okay. I know as you're wanting to go more to enterprise, you know, one, one of the things I, you know, um, if, if you read any research around decision process, you see that it's consensus based. And, and 100% um, I've got to I've, I've got to share with multiple people Yep. um there there may be a discussion about right and and I'll tell you most people I know I know I hate it I don't want to have to go to your website and and walk around your website to figure something out and pull this together because you know my, my CFO or my CTO wants this and um you know most enterprise SaaS companies that I talk to and I even know a company that you and I both know well I'm not going to name names that, that didn't do proposals and they kind of poo pooed it and shot it and you know it's just a quote right and and now as they're moving to larger market they're they're doing full out PowerPoint deck or Google deck layouts of this because you know that's how that market consumes information and and so what I would say to you is why do you want to make it why, why no, do you I'm want I'm not her? saying
1: I I I don't want to make it I don't want to make it difficult for her, but in in why certain aspects. But well, why would I? Like, I, I, I is there, are am I missing decision makers that I haven't talked to, like, or people yes. that are involved in the yes. conversation that I? Yes. Well, did uh, I want unequivocally? Know that. And no, nope. you're I, never going right. to know that,
0: Mike. You're never going to know that. I,
1: I, well, I, I don't know that I. You're not always going to know that, but I think asking. In engaging in an account, depending on how large the account is. Um, but I, I, I again, it, it is industry specific. It's who you're selling to specific. But in this report, they have, they, have, they, have, they have cobbled
0: it all together. Hold on, hold on a second. I, I agree that you always have a challenge when you're looking at averages and, and, and a lot of the numbers that are given fall into that. But, but I don't think that the industry diff, difference, as a matter of fact, if, if what you were saying is is correct then they wouldn't have this data because by the way this report if it's weighted in any industry and it certainly is weighted to an industry is weighted to your industry sas companies are the ones who use these tools far far more frequently than industrial companies or what, large what i'm saying what, what
1: what right but what i what i find interesting is a lot of i find in a lot of cases proposals are a crutch we you I and find i have a talked lot of about time, this
0: video is a crutch
1: well we, we, so we we've we, we've talked we've talked about this in, in, in numerous occasions like somebody sends me an rfp unless i influence that rfp i'm not filling the damn thing out like it's just oh. a waste of my time i might have cool. a 1% but that's a request for a proposal
0: sure but So yes, a response to an RFP is a proposal, but every proposal is a response to an RFP.
1: So I wonder how many of these are responses to RFPs?
0: Um, I'm gonna, I, I can tell you with a high degree of certainty that it's a very small percentage and pretty close to zero. And the reason that I can tell you that is if you look in the later data, as you go into it and they start talking about time spent preparing, you know, the thesis of this and, and, and the value- proposition. they're spending very, about,
1: that they're spending very, I mean, if, they're trying to sell their product if you can take what yes. used to take hours and now turn that into minutes.
0: Well, well, Mike, or in essence, what I would say to you is you can take what you currently, what you used to only have on your website, you can now put that into a document that, that can now be easily spread online and offline. And, and, and I would say to you, you know what a good proposal does? A good proposal tells your story to everybody let's say that you do talk to everybody which you don't and you'll never know yeah, everybody involved you'll never and, and i got I, like i got all the data to back me up on that one um but but let's say you do, and then they all come together right well well they are now all without a proposal they are now all recalling what they heard which means everyone heard what they heard which is not what somebody else heard and now they're not even thinking about what they heard. They're thinking about what they remember that they heard. Right. And then they're trying to explain it. And you said something on the call that was just like when, when you walk through it, it was just I mean, you nailed it. It was everyone was like, oh, my God, it was a blinding flash of holy shit. Right. And it's like being at a, a comedy show where the comic nails it and you fall out of your seat laughing the tequila comes out your nose, so it burns to hell, right? And then you're with your friends the next day and you're like, holy cow, I saw the greatest comic. He had this bit and you start telling it. How's that come across? How's that work?
1: Uh, at 100%, right? you forget. It yeah, blows, forget it blows. Yep,
0: yep. Um, and wow, my video, this is not a good session to watch video because my videos, but so your proposal, now has that clearly restated and it's laid out. And now I don't have to tell the story. I don't have to, it's not your story to the person that you're talking to who then looked at the website, who's then trying to put it into their words, who can say, well, what they what they do is they help us send email. Um, well, y- yeah, there's this inbox problem thing. So, so what if your proposal had the problem with with delivery to the inbox? What if your proposal had the image and it, what's interesting in here is proposals with images. Uh, perform better than proposals. Without yeah, images, I, 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 right?
1: I, I, I read that. looks okay. good. I mean, that, that, okay. that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Okay, but, but what if you had that image in there and now everyone's talking about it or now I'm having to explain. Um, to my boss. I'm now talking to my CFO, my CEO, my whatever I got news for you, you might tell the marketing person well, go to the website it's right there. Right. They're not gonna tell their boss who they're getting budget approval from. Well, go look at Seven Cents website, it, it explains everything. Right. Fair. Fair. Right. And and so that's why they want a proposal. You know why else they want you know why else they want a proposal? You know what's scary about buying online today? There, there's I mean, nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing. Right. It, 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 we're right? all used I'm, to it. I'm giving you a credit card. I'm I'm making this commitment and I've got and I've got nothing. Right. You know what humans are? Humans are kinesthetic creatures, right? Deliverables. The more intangible, the more important a deliverable. You know what a proposal does for buyers? It, it makes people feel a little bit secure. It, it, it's the documentation of a promise. Sure, you could fail to deliver, but I can say, look, right here, you promised. You promised me. We started doing something that, that I would tell you physically, like, who gives a. Flat, whatever. We now have on our proposals, um, and we actually we um, we actually redid our, our our deck template for this to allow for the customer's logo to be in the left corner. That's the same size as our logo on the right corner. I can't I can't tell you we won business we won this business because of that, and we would have lost it.
1: But I can tell I mean, you, but
0: I, mean, I can tell you the reception of it is like the, reception the resistance of it is that we get. Absolutely. Yeah, when
1: so. you send somebody a
0: quote, I, I've always historically put their logo on the quote. Uh, right. And, and, and so here's a restatement of the problem. By the way, you know, this, What what's a big problem that you have? You have a big problem of getting the person who's a fan of your product to get other people to understand here's the problem that we have that we solve. And so where do they go? They go to, well, they're going to help with our open and close rate. And then they come back to you and they say, um, well, so-and-so I had a question. And so like, is there a way we can run an A-B test to, and then you go, well, you know, it's not really, right. And now you're having to redo. Well, what if they could just say, here, look at this. And and here's the thing, Mike, with a proposal and I'm, you know, there's, many companies that do this, Proposify is one of them. You you can have that, you know, 90, 95% pre-baked. Right. And 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 so I, I think there are times to, to to give a strategic no. I think there are, I think saying no, that's not how we do it can be very valuable. And and if you were selling like to, to the, your non-enterprise market, um, where you're making, hey, look, this is this is fast, seamless, easy, you know, whatever. Someone asked for no. That's not how we work. Our our whole point is, you know, you you are going to use us the way you buy a Snickers bar. I don't know. I'm, I I couldn't think of a good good analogy, right? But but you in essence, you you used a no. You 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 gave a rejection on that, which 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 has a withdrawal from the emotional bank account. Did did you get anything? Did you gain anything from that withdrawal?
1: No, that? no. And, and, no I, I, what I was trying to understand when I got the question was what? What, what are you looking for? Like I, I don't even. But
0: I, I, all all valid points. But by the way, you know, and, and here again, you know, they 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 do give some direction. Um, so maybe I, I like, will
1: A B test sending proposals and not sending proposals, and then we'll see what happens. Now,
0: um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. They uh, this is where I think the data gets a little bit crazy. But they say you know thirteen um 13 pages are the average page count across all proposals 11 pages are the average page count across all winning proposals well that tells me is that there's really no distinction because your winning proposals are going to have a disproportionate number where they are just quotes um they have eight sections to seven sections they they, they, you know they talk about the seven must-have sections in your closing docs cover page executive summary approach solution about us our team deliverables, pricing, terms and conditions on off. There you go. There are the there, there are the parts of it. How about that? We just basically covered all that in in my why don't you send proposals. There you go. Right. Um, now they're talking, you know, they well, we'll let's let, let, let's walk through their key findings. Let's let's talk about that so we um So the first key finding and they have a really interesting chart here. Um it's very visually pleasing. Um In a year defined by unpredictability, sales teams adapted and won. The onset of COVID-19 had a clear impact on the number of proposals sales teams were sending, so you can kind of see that net drop um, with aspects of beginning of recovery. But but through 2021, sorry, through 2020, um, they at no time, other than the first week in January, at no time did the number of proposals that got sent equal the, the second lowest month um, pre-COVID. That's interesting. So it never recovered. Um, but despite a significant drop in proposal volume in March and April, 2020, conversion rates on deals that closed actually went up as deal volumes recovered in May and June and began to mirror pre-COVID levels, which I disagree that they, they didn't mirror those levels. Um, closing rates remained steady. Um, yeah, I guess, because they they, they, they stayed, you know, the blue line stays about the same, with uh with a lower total. Well, it would also be though. interesting
1: to know how many like pre COVID post post start of the pandemic. Looking at this data, one, you don't have anything on the um, you don't have any real physical numbers on the y axis. Um,
0: well, yeah, you don't so you don't know what the number. So,
1: so, so the so total number, but, but there, but there is, but the other part is. How many companies were contributing to these numbers? These are just total people using Proposify to. Um,
0: 340,000 proposals. proposals.
1: 340,000 proposals total. No, no, I, I, I understand the 340,000 proposals, but how many companies, like proposals sent versus proposals won, they may have had some 340,000 proposals. Right here, what this is telling me is that at the beginning of the year, you had a lot more proposals being sent. And who knows? Maybe Proposify was dealing with churn due to the pandemic; those types of things, and their business hasn't recovered to the point of, you know, pre-pandemic levels. And again, there's just there's just a lot of okay. unknowns when I look at this data.
0: Okay. But but what but, but but what are the knowns? Is 340,000 proposals. Um, yeah. So maybe so maybe my statement that didn't recover maybe that's unfair. If if, if you had churn. Um, But what I, what I think is interesting is I'm, I'm going to visually, and I'm horrible at this. I'm going to say, it it looks like the closing rates around 30%, 30% of proposals are one. Yeah.
1: uh, yeah, Yeah. Yep.
0: So I, that shocked me, that shocked me. And, and, and that's why, um, like if I were to do key findings, I would have said in a year defined by unpredictability, sales teams adapted because if you're only winning 30% of the proposals you send out, how many people aren't getting to the point of proposal?
1: Yeah, no, I mean well that, that that's right. been that was that was where again a little bit of
0: stop hating that, on the recording just talk that, about okay, so I
1: I don't want to walk back on what I said, but it, it, that, that is you just brought up an excellent point. That that is kind of what I was trying to go after there is when somebody asks me for a proposal, it's like like is this a proposal that like I'm competing with five people against, or is this a proposal just to say, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're moving forward with. This is a quote. This is so everything we could, dot our eyes, cross our T's on. I don't
0: lines understand lines. why that matters. I mean, I can tell you if I'm competing with five other people, I'm less it, it, likely it, it, to, to send a proposal. Like, right. I, I know
1: that cool. because at that point I don't understand. Then, Then there's a clear disconnect as to what I'm, there is some level of a disconnect between me and the and and the buying the the buyer or the buyer's organization if they're asking me for a proposal i can understand them asking me for a quote to understand you know how much does this cost so that we can better make a decision but a, a proposal that's actually going to land on the cfo's desk it, it would be i don't know from my viewpoint and and all of my dealings if my rf if if if, if my proposal i i highly doubt that Whomever I was dealing with, whether it be a VP of IT, director of IT, CIO, or, or or even now VP of marketing, that they take three proposals and they bring it to their CFO's desk and say, "You decide."
0: Well, so, and, so what makes and oh, why oh.
1: would I spend a ton of time building out a proposal of like there's still clearly a disconnect here in our conversations.
0: How, I don't understand where the like where's their disconnect. What 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 is the disconnect?
1: Why am I still competing with the other five vendors like is there information that's missing that you need in the proposal or is the proposal so that you have supporting documentation that you can bring to either your so you your think, meeting with the rest of your team or to your
0: cfo so you think in a sales process only one company should be proposing only one company should no, be sending paper but i think typically
1: no but i think that typically there's one company that's proposal is already baked to win
0: no, I don't think that's true. I think I think in a lot of RFP situations, there's truth there. But I think, but like, RFPs represent I think one percent of proposals and represent almost zero percent of for, for this report. So so let's take I, RFPs I, I, okay, out so of the equation. So let's throw okay, so RFPs. We're, 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 this is not about RFPs.
1: Here. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. 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 I, I think a proposal. Um. Uh, so I'm going to say two things. I think a proposal actually gets built over time. A really good proposal gets built through the sales process. Right, and, and, and you're, so what you're makes it
1: one hundred percent?
0: What what makes it a proposal is the specific scope of work, the deliverables, the pricing, and the approval. It's not a proposal if it doesn't have the deliverables, the pricing, and the approval. So so a quote, just a quote, could meet the the condition of what we're talking about a proposal, and certainly what they're talking about, right? But I think a proposal, I think if you're not using proposals and you're o- or you're only using quotes, i.e. deliverables, pricing, and approve, you are missing a huge opportunity to influence and educate. I think a proposal is one of the greatest educational documents. So, so you're viewing proposals through the lens of, are you going to bring three proposals to your whatever and put it on the table and say, here, choose? No, that's going to happen earlier. Right, and, and this is where I get to educate, or That's, I've got well, to sit that, down. That,
1: whole, right, that is or i got to sit down. Request for information.
0: No, the, wait, where's your RF? I'm, I'm, I'm in five competitive situations right now, um, that, that are going to close in the next thirty days, and I've won four this month. Where we were in multiple places, and I can tell you, our proposal had a whole lot to do with with smoothing it because it they didn't that the key people that we were talking to didn't have to communicate with others. And and by the way, I learned about the hidden decision maker, who was actually the key influencer in two situations this month, because they looked at my proposal. And that person said, I have questions about this. Right. And why did that person have four people working the process and he was not involved? Because he didn't want to have to deal with a whole bunch of salespeople doing a whole bunch of salespeople bullshit right right you know what I'm talking, right but now he saw this document that's like wait a second this
1: you this know this guy and, actually knows what he's talking about okay. or this one and this and so
0: when you know when we got on there were there were three questions one was why do you think this is the case here which was a major point on problem
1: mm-hmm.
0: right so had I not had the proposal at best someone on that team would have tried to say what I had identified and and the executive would have been like No, that doesn't apply, and and by the way, when we were finished with the conversation his response was. That's a really good point I hadn't looked at it like that, and then two questions were were substantial about what we were doing, one of which was about expectations, one of which really helped us. calibrate the expectations with that hidden decision maker, and we would not have gotten there if we didn't have that proposal, And by the way that proposal took us. About that one took us about 15 minutes to complete because it's right in line with what we're doing and we're able to repurpose uh you know a lot of material that's there it was an educational document right so so early on you know earlier in that process we you know that that begins to be shared now when does it become a proposal in most cases that i see i always think of proposal whatever you call your last step that's that's the proposal step you know maybe you have a delivered like we have proposal delivered in one of our pipelines i know some people have proposal negotiate close but 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 again like that proposal is really, you know, that's the point where you're now asking them to buy. It's official, I'm asking you to buy. I'm making a promise to you, right? And and, and so that proposal is a deliverable that cements the, the personal offer. That's why putting the logo on there is helpful. It lays out specifically, this is what we're gonna do for you. I mean, the, the, the fact that I lay out, here's the five key issues that you're dealing with. And they're the exact same five key issues that. 17 other proposals have as long as it actually applies to you yeah no no no, no, right i mean there's so uh, i don't understand why you're hating on proposals
1: well i'm not i'm I'm not hating on proposals i think one we're talking about you live in an environment where there's there's significantly higher consideration um in a lot of instances than 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 we are selling into uh, right, but
0: remember, I talked about on your enterprise market, no, 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 I, which it, is high consideration.
1: Absolutely. There is part of that. There, what you say is that there's – look, I'm not disagreeing that there's some validity to what you're saying for, 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 for my business and and, and, and the, the enterprise scope. I'm just – I'm – I'm saying that a lot of this research I just call I just call bullshit on. because again I people just make because people make people make decisions. Unf- I don't believe it or not. On, people will down. make decisions based off of what they read in this article. Sure, sure. But, but what are you calling bullshit? On? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Like I, I just don't know that they even call out like don't send your proposals on Fridays. Oh, maybe you should send your proposals on Fridays. This is the best hold day hold on, to send a proposal. This is, you know, it, it's like. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on. Number second. of proposals with video year over year. Well, that's because Proposify has increased their business as well. Okay. So, so, Are they so doing a that... regression analysis of, of previous years? No, of course uh, they're not,
0: Mike. But, but right, you're. Okay. So, are you saying there's no value in this report? Because you started off saying proposals are stupid.
1: Well, I, I didn't say, uh, well, we can go back to the tape. I don't know that I said, I said, depending on the business.
0: You said my proposal and we're talking about an enterprise customer. You said my, how about my proposals, visit the seven cents.com.
1: I was talking about the lady that was talking and it wasn't even an enterprise. It wasn't an enterprise deal, but uh, anyway. So, so um, let,
0: let, let, so stay with me before you, okay, okay. Okay. So, so on, on, on the first finding of, of in one, my, my point about 30%. I think that's a sign that, and there's a couple other things that, that are going to support this. I think that's a sign that sales is having a problem because at the, you know, the propose, like if you send a proposal and lose, that sucks because you did all the work that it takes to win. To get to that proposal stage. That's what, right, right. correct. Okay, so that's, but but so that's valuable. That's not anti-proposal. That's we're only winning 30% of our proposals. So there's a signal that that things are getting to the proposal stage that either we shouldn't be proposing on, or we should have done something earlier that would have increased the likelihood for us to win, right? Which is which is a recalibration of where salespeople. So that's not that's not anti-proposal. You, you, okay. Absolutely. You I mean we're next element. we're in complete proposals, agreement and alignment there. Proposals with images close at a higher rate. Adding images to a sales doc can increase deal close rates by 26%. Um, which, if our average is thirty percent, that's six points. That's a meaningful number. Um, I would be curious to see how many images. Um, I remember HubSpot had a really interesting um, state of email where they actually pulled from the actual email. It wasn't a survey response, and that's where they found that um, for each additional image from the first image on, your your engagement rates went down. And, and which was very fascinating, because if, if I were to say would an email with an image perform better than without an image, everyone was saying, especially at that time. Emails with images are better because it's you know, it stands out more, et cetera, Yet the data actually showed you're less likely to get action with images. So my message was not don't use images, it was use images, you know, carefully. So I'd be curious, is there a place where you go to too many images, but but I think this is a great finding and because I do know on your enterprise market. You, you, you do provide a deliverable, which is, which becomes the fact that your proposal, do you know what your deliverable is hmm. your legal terms and conditions?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. That's your deliverable. Right. And so when I hold something and look at something, it's physical, it's whereas therefore covered by the jurisdiction of that's why I like proposals. Right. Because otherwise that's all you got. Right. And, and for all yeah. the people who are out there saying, well, we just use a spreadsheet. Right, I'm a big fan of proposal software and and what I'm overcoming is the we we're just using a spreadsheet i'm just using word with. Right and, and so you're sending you know a nothing you wonder why you're being commoditized you're wondering why you're being competed against you know that 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 proposal is an opportunity for you to. highlight what's special about you don't miss those opportunities and images are great because you can tell like I, I don't think that you want it, I, I would love to see what like the type of images that would be a really um, like, are Whether we talking about
1: screenshots or images as far as like inside of here, graphs and graphs can be called an image. I, I, I personally like types of graphs. I, I like to be able to read those because I can skim through it.
0: Right. So, very, very so are we talking stock images, right? Yeah. Are we talking clip art? Are we talking illustrations? Illustrations would be a screenshot. Like something that that highlights and shows, like like for you, you should have an illustration that shows the the delivery problem. Right. And and you and I have talked about that before. And I would have that in every freaking thing I ever sent to anybody because that's like once somebody buys that, they bought your software. Yeah. Right. And and so like having that image as opposed to you know some pseudo marketer hitting send on their um on 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 their whatever in, in stock images. All right, this was the next one um, that I think is interesting. Key finding number three, deal velocity is increasing. Sales reps created and sent their proposals 19% faster on average. Prospects also opened proposals 18% faster. So this says to me two things, addicted to speed, right? So, So we're focusing on efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. And if prospects are opening proposals faster, then closing rates should be shooting up
1: shooting up. Uh, right. Absolutely. But they're
0: not, right? So what's going on here? Um, and 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 the most significant improvement incurred in the time between a buyer opening a proposal and the deal being marked one, which happened 44% faster. Which again says that what we have is a high predisposition to buy, which further supports why aren't we closing more deals?
1: Well, it says, I mean, it it says right here the the economic instability brought on by the pandemic meant fewer tire kickers and window shoppers in sales teams pipelines. Many prospects who reached the closing stages of a deal were serious about buying and ready to do so right away.
0: So then why didn't the closing rate shoot up to be materially high? Right,
1: right. right, I I, I totally agree.
0: This this That's why I
1: wish that original chart had a Y-axis because then we could actually-
0: well, it, it has the equivalent of a y axis that all those numbers add up to be 340,000 yeah. so they're right, proportional right. to add up to 340,000. Yeah. I, I know somebody who's a graphic artist who could actually create the y axis for me because he's like a tremendous nerd and he would be able to use some tool to figure out how many total inches those bars are he would divide it by 340,000 that would be the markation. Yeah, that, right, right, it, right. Right, so right. so again you're still getting um. And, and, I, and I would say if, if, if deals are closing, why aren't, you know. Um, it, 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 so like one of the key findings for this report has little to do with proposals and has a lot to do with sales process. And, and while I think tools like Proposify are great, their danger are is their efficiency multipliers, which is further path of least resistance. And what if the rep stopped and thought, like I don't want 100% of my proposal to be pre-built. Right. I want 80% of my proposal to be pre-built because I want to be able to allocate my, my time to the 20% to, to um, deliver the insight.
1: You know, that, that, that is an actually a super interesting point because I, the other piece too, which is if it's super easy for me to build a proposal, then a lot of reps are probably skipping the steps of actually truly understanding and that, that's why I'm saying sometimes this is why this is a little bit of well, now that you're bringing it out of me, my angst with proposals again, I think a lot of people use it as a, too much of a crutch. Let me do, Let me send Doug my PowerPoint and let let my PowerPoint do the selling for me.
0: Let right, my so,
1: proposal do the selling for me. Um, so, and, and,
0: and,
1: and, and, and so... That, so why that, are you letting shitty I,
0: proposals... Hate you on good proposals. They're I agree just, with
1: you. Right, Don't right, send right. shitty proposals. Right, right, right. I, 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 I totally agree. And and, and, and look, I, would, I, I have certainly been—I've certainly sent my fair share of proposals that have helped. And but I like you know, if, if if I'm if I'm writing a proposal, I want it to have meaning. Like what I what think you, when the person asked me, what, what what are you looking for in a proposal? Like do you want to quote? Do you want like. What's meaningful to you? But you, you've brought up some interesting points and some good points that I should okay. consider. And by, and, by and, the way, so when we first started Seven Cents, when we first started Seven Cents, I will tell you, I sent a proposal for every single customer, whether or not it was a ninety-nine dollar subscription or a well, two thousand dollars.
0: But you see, so here's something I would say: if you're sending a proposal for $90, ninety-nine dollars subscription, you got a problem because. This was a very early on. on no, no, just explain, Stay with me though. No, explain the, problem. The, the, yeah. the 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 touch point experience is misaligned, right? Yes. Ninety nine dollars doesn't say um, customized, contextualized, right? A thousand dollars, you know. By the way, the other element is what's the level of change, right? And 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 you know, your biggest obstacle isn't. Your cost it's it's the change and, and and it's magnified because I don't even see the change, but there's a change and, and that's where people are struggling to get their head around because there's because it's all invisible. A proposal makes the invisible visible, I, I, I will tell you that I, I think i'm a pretty good sales advisor I hope you agree, uh, but I think i'm pretty good and I can tell you that one of my like it's, it's a go to first play, and that is, if you're not delivering a proposal we actually turn more often than not what we call. Um, we, we brand the proposal a report of findings right and people say no, 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 we don't need to do that, because it, you know that's too I'm like, I don't care you're doing a report of findings. you're creating a deliverable we're going to have a celebratory document that puts all the wonderful things about you and us in one place, so that people can can craft it and, by the way, because we're putting it together, we get to put the story together it, it, it's the plot. let's go to the next one, because this is really I love this one it's counterintuitive but is totally um, on point. Proposals that don't close get more attention than those that do. Um, and how often does a rep go, oh, no, 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 yeah, it's great. No, he's looked at the proposal five times.
1: He opened my email, it's 17 times.
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, it'd be, that'd be an interesting number to check, uh, you know, to check, right? It, it's, right. Um, which, which also gets to when do you send the proposal? By the way, I love when someone asks me for a proposal really early. I go, I absolutely want to send you a proposal. I need to know some stuff about you, though.
1: Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's it, it,
0: but that's totally not agrees. go to imaginellc.com. LLC.com. That's like great. Well, the that, proposal? That's, right.
1: that's what I said. Is what do you, what are you looking for in the proposal? Like, yeah. I want to understand more what you are looking for.
0: But by the way, I think this is another one that, that that's valuable. E signatures make deals significantly more likely to close. Um, I think they make it easier. Um, I think they make it clear. I think it it, it saves a whole bunch of steps. It, you know, it's why I. Used to, you know, when someone said, you know, when we started taking credit cards, I said, "Great, give me your credit card number," because I can tell you the number of times where I said, "Can you give me your credit card number?" versus, "Okay, well, let me send you this to fill out your credit card number." You know, you know that that gap. If if nothing else, meant I had to resell multiple times. So I I, I think e signatures are 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 you know no brainer like they're 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 absolute must haves. Um, they're absolutely must
1: absolutely 100 must-haves
0: but but you know too often the way e-cig is getting done is it's a contract version it's an all text version with an e sig, and i feel like i'm signing a contract which by the way speaks be afraid be afraid be afraid yeah, i'll tell you something no, else that we true. do that that's i'll tell true. you something else that we do that's different our proposal format is is deck i even showed it to somebody you deliver your proposals in a deck i'm like yeah of course we did you deliver your scopes of work in a deck yeah of course we did you know why Cause when I get your scope of work that's laid out in portrait, it feels like a contract. And I learned a long time ago, you got to be really careful about contracts, but decks are entertaining and they're safe and they're right. And I'm telling you that has like, you know, the medium is, an an, yeah,
1: that's a, that, that's an interesting point.
0: Right. And, and then we're also able to break up. Like we get to choose where the story gets broken up when you're, when your portrait, I don't expect you to go section one to be one third of the way on the page. And then the next page, I mean some people do it, but it feels completely out of whack, right? And usually it's just scroll through with with a deck we get to control where those breaks are, how it builds, how the story unfolds. alright now we're gonna get to the parts where I do agree with you we go oh, the, the the danger of of using data to make it tell you what you wanted to tell you. Discounting can be a viable strategy, but there's a limit to its effectiveness. okay, thanks for. In 2020 discounted deals held a 3.75% higher close rate than deals with no discount. Okay. Through other things, I'm pretty sure that they're using this correctly, because I would ask the question, are they saying 3.75 points higher or 3.75%? 3.75% is pretty freaking small. And when you add a discount of around 30% was the sweet spot any larger tended to have a negative impact on close rates. This is where I do agree with you that we're smashing data together. What does that mean? But I got to tell you, if I'm discounting 30%, assuming it's a real discount, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah, the furniture stores sell everything at 30% off, but that's because the first thing they do when they take it out of the box is they triple the price, like they triple the cost. Um, but if I'm discounting 30% to win 3.75% more, I, I wanna know why the hell are we doing that? Yeah. Now, here's the other element that, that where, where I think this gets in trouble and it's actually a, a rant I have against the industry as a whole. We talk about optimizing, like the world has opened up that we're optimizing for revenue. Revenue is what we're solving for. But every piece of data in every system, the, the key pivot is numbers, is, is, is end value, not dollar value. Right? So it's number of proposals. It's not dollar value proposals. I'd be very curious to see. Are the numbers different when you're looking at dollar value proposals? Where do the numbers change at at, at segments of yeah, dollars? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I hadn't. By the way, yeah, you, hadn't thought it. Hadn't you look at closing it. rates? Yeah.
0: You look at closing rates. I, I was talking to a company; that has got a really cool analytics tool. You cannot make dollar value the the pivot. It's always end value, right? You can begin to break it up and mash up to 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 figure certain things out, but you can't make a million dollar contract worth ten, you know. Show 10 times the weighting on your analytics of a $100,000 contract and that doesn't even open up the idea that you're a company that's focused on. 200 to half million dollar contracts yeah you win some million dollar contracts, but that's a not your core right there's on all kinds of elements that we're supposed to be optimizing for revenue and every piece of research and every analytic is that is based on end value, and that is a problem Um, then you brought up other things the the aspect about video. um. And I forget what what did they say about video. I know we're running out of time, but
1: well, what was where was the video piece? Um,
0: that's where we went into. Yeah, as they started going into the detailed data, there's like I mean, there, there's all kinds of correlations. Video is quickly becoming a critical part of, cl- of the closing process. The number of proposals with video is increasing year over year. Video use, See, okay. Now this is where you are right smack on um, data from 182,000 proposals between 2016. And to so yeah they're like so part of this is there's like the numbers are so insanely small that the fact that the video is being used. um, You know, and and is this video in the proposal because we'll send a video where we walk through the proposal, but we don't put it in the proposal, so I don't know what they're saying here. This this gets to be pretty useless and I gotta tell you, if you sent me a proposal, let me watch the video, but if I have to you know what the problem is sending me the proposal with video embedded in it. Is you you've lost the the ease of distribution of sk- uh, and not only that of of skimming and those types and, of things. And, and by the way, I got an issue, And maybe this is going to change in ten years when when the millennial generation, the geriatric millennials, for those of you that are following that, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, when when they're in in even higher levels, maybe they are going to buy online. But but it's important for people to realize that a. People process different information differently from a screen than they do in, in other places. And I know everyone's, you know, kill the PDF. i got news for you. Everyone's trying to kill the PDF in the spreadsheet. It cracks me up. We were talking earlier about um, Nike. Well, this will bring us to a wrap. we talking earlier about Nike and, um, and Under Armour. And, and I talked about Southwest with hedging fuel and, and um, Under Armour with, with debt burden. You know what never gets the credit for um the world's business success stories financial engineering yep you show me you know a company beyond a small to to smaller mid-market company that's sustaining they've got their cfo is a crucial element of that you talk about business model management and financial engineering, that has as much to do with anything. And, and and by the way, when you get into larger companies, it's what's the impact you're having on our financial engineering and our structure in here more than what do you cost, right? Everyone's in there, hey, we're gonna save 20%. I'm, I'm a $10 billion company. I don't, and, and, and you're 300,000, they're 500,000. I'm right. not gonna notice sure. the difference if so, it works. right? Right. And, and so what do chief operating officers, chief financial officers, um, and most CEOs that, that, well, I'm going to take CEOs out of here, but CEOs listen, right. Would you agree with me that CEOs listen, even CEOs that came from sales? What, if it's something that matters, they listen to their CFO and their COO disproportionately to anybody else.
1: But absolutely, without a doubt. And the other thing that I would say on on, on that note, when you're talking about CFOs and COOs, there is absolutely, you think about one position within an organization, there is a very high correlation between success with, with when, if a CFO can do it twice, the, the the amount of correlation between the success of those companies and financial engineering is 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 quite frankly it's it's unbelievable. Um, right. I mean, case in point, look at John Kinzer with with the HubSpot. Like, dude's a freaking so, financial engineering genius.
0: So so what do CFOs and COOs love? They love spreadsheets oh, and they love PDFs. You yes. know why they love PDFs? Because it's they can bring it anywhere they can print it it, yep right and they can look at it on one screen and another screen and it's exactly the same and they can print it right and and everyone's trying to kill it why am i going to put video in something so now if i do sure, i can hit translate to the pdf so i can take it and pass it around you know etc but now it's like why are we doing that right already (laughs) What's your takeaway, Mike? I hope I know what I hope I know what your takeaway is. But what's your takeaway?
1: My takeaway is for my business and the enterprise side. I'm I'm actually going to reconsider my stance on uh, my my stance on proposals.
0: My takeaway is my. You you, you 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 brought up some
1: good points. I'll give you credit where credit is due. Recently, I've proved you wrong numerous times. I'm going to give you credit on this one. You I know, Mike, a little bit wrong on this one.
0: You know, Mike, you know what I love about you? You are a legend in your own mind. <laughs> uh, my, my takeaway is don't send shitty proposals. There you go. There we go. That'll do it. I know we went a little bit long today. Hope you guys found it valuable. Two big business lessons today. Um, until next time, we'll see you on the Black Line podcast.